You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott from Kindred Spirits Canine Education Center in Vista, California. As dog professionals and longtime dog owners, all three of us, uh, we get asked a lot of questions about dogs, not just training, but dog care, how to find a veterinarian, what to do in an emergency. Here in Southern California, with all the wildfires we've had in the last several years, there's been evacuations and what do you take with you with your dog? We get asked all kinds of questions. So we thought today for this podcast, what we would do is cover a whole bunch of different topics. The first half of the show, we'll talk about how to keep your dog safe, some of the aspects that you should think about that perhaps you haven't. And then in the second half of the show, we'll answer some questions about how to keep your dog healthy. Again, perhaps some things that you have thought about or haven't, but we'll cover a bunch of different topics. First, though, let's give our sponsors a chance to say a word. So hold on. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Flight 291 is now boarding. All passengers, please proceed to gate four. And who's this traveling with us today? This is Bailey. She's never flown Midwest Airlines before. Hi, Bailey. (coughs) She'll be fine. We take special care of our traveling pets. In fact, our premier pet program was created by an employee and dog lover who believes that pets should be handled as precious cargo. And they are. Oh, and they earn travel rewards, too. Oh, good. Thanks for flying Midwest Airlines, Bailey. Enjoy your flight. Visit MidwestAirlines.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly Magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly Hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Welcome to Personals.com. As a fellow cat owner, I know how finicky we are. 
from our friendships to our loves to just about everything. Not any old website is going to satisfy us. Here at Personals.com, cat lovers from all walks of life can celebrate the photos, the stories, and videos of their beloved family member. And if you're single, here's your chance to meet someone who's perfect for you. Share your personality today for free. See you soon. Personals.com. That's P-U-R-R-S-O-N-A-L-S.com. Finally, a place to meet that special person. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. Howdy. And today we're going to cover a bunch of different topics that we've been asked over the years. And they vary. (laughs) We get asked lots of questions. And first and foremost, I will say we are not veterinarians and we do not give veterinary advice. Kate and I have both in our past, in previous lifetimes, (laughs) been veterinary technicians and worked for a variety of veterinarians. So we do have some background in this. And Petra, as the owner of chickens and horses and goats and lambs and wildlife rescue. We've got quite a a history of knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of this, a little bit of that. But we don't claim to be veterinarians. So if you have any specific health questions or veterinary questions, do talk to your veterinarian. But we'll talk about some generalities. So first of all, I guess the, the biggest thing you should think about is identification. Yeah. And uh, but don't put it on your training collar. <laughs> As trainers, we see that. I see someone come in with their puppy dog wearing an ID on the slip chain collar. Um, I have to go over and talk to them because it's not meant to be left on them unattended. And the idea with IDing your dog is it's something that can be found if they're lost. Uh, something happens to you. Something happens to them. You can be reunited. But you don't want that on a training collar because that means they're out there. And, and that that's a training collar of any kind, not just a slip collar. True. Right. But if True. you use right. a head halter, a no-pull harness, or any kind of a, a training collar, those are not meant to be left on the dog at all times. That's why we always suggest a buckle collar of some sort with the tags on there. 
And then that's not even guaranteed that buckle collar stays on. Right. Whether you, you know, like when I had a dog, I don't know, everyone shows up at my house, but uh, <laughs> they just got a bath. It was a whippet. And they didn't have a chance to put the uh, ta- the collar back on that had his tags. Oh, because it took so long for the whippet to dry? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> With a very short oh. coat. Oh. <laughs> you know. Whatever. Okay. But unfortunately, it wasn't microchipped either. And which other forms of ID. Which I, um, I have all my dogs microchipped because of that. And my cats. Yeah. yeah. If anything and, happens and there's mm-hmm. no tag, they can microchip yep. them. Well, when my husband and I brought home our new puppy, Archer, his first trip to the vet, he got... Uh, Got that microchip, and I know that's a big needle, but I scratched his ears and scratched his tummy, and he didn't even whimper, didn't even feel it. Yep. So ID is very important. Now, used to, years ago, tattoo the dogs. Mm-hmm. We don't see that too much anymore. Yeah. I think with the universal readers and the universal microchips, that's probably the technology that's important now. But I do have one more comment about tags. Don't just put your home phone number on it. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you'll be out looking for your pup. Right. Yeah. Or if you're traveling or you've gone camping or who knows. Just about everybody's got a cell phone nowadays. Put your cell phone number on that tag. And then if you don't have a cell phone, put somebody, an emergency contact, some other phone number on that. But put at least two phone numbers on that tag. And don't uh, forget about the collars you can get embroidered with a name and phone number right on the collar itself. Or a flat tag. Bashir's wearing one of those right now. (laughs) So there are many ways to help reunite you with your pup. Yes. Uh, Use them. Yep. Use them all. Okay. uh, Let's move on. We've had a lot of heat lately. (laughs) We've had some really, really hot weather that even Southern California is not used to. There's some very specific things you should keep in mind with heat, including shade and not a doghouse. No, <laughs> those, those that's hot. hot. Exactly. You got one <laughs> opening and it's hot in those things. Yeah. Now, I know in my backyard several years ago, I planted a curly willow tree and I swear it's 10 degrees cooler under that tree <laughs> than it is in the rest of the backyard. Oh, yeah. But your dog's got to have shade uh, when he's outside. Definitely got to have shade. It's not just the heat. They need a little bit of cooler air to pant. Dogs don't sweat like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, only on their paws, and then they sweat a little bit, or heat transfer when they pant. But that only works if they're breathing in cooler air. You know, a lot of people in our when we have a class and the day is hot, take the dog over to the water. Dog takes a few sips, and then, okay, it licks. And uh, mm-hmm. like, no, drink more. And I'm trying to explain to them it's not that they're replacing fluids like we do; they're just cooling off their mouth. Mm-hmm. So what that means is you need they need frequent access to water when it's hot, and cool water, and not cool a water. little bitty tiny bowl that's going to get hot, right? Yeah. But a kid's wading pool, or like I have in my backyard, a big galvanized tub that's probably about 18 inches across and 12 inches deep. And that water will stay cool all day. Right. And then put a big old ice block in there. Yeah. Sure. That was warm. Fun to warm play with. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Lick. Yeah. Lay on. Play in. A couple of years back, went on one of the charity dog walks for a local humane society, and it was a very muggy day. You know, the people were actually doing okay, but dogs were being carried out or taken out on carts for heat exhaustion. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, especially the younger dogs and the older dogs. Mm-hmm. And the short-nosed dogs. Oh, oh they yeah. can't breathe. Oh, yes. Yeah. And if you decide to cool your dog down by hosing him down with a hose, 
don't squirt him on the back. <laughs> Most dogs have a water repellent or water resistant coat, and that wa- that water's not even going to get down to his skin. Uh, cool off his pads. You can either have him stand in water, or you can um, hose down his pads, hose down his belly, belly. Uh, where the capillaries are close to the skin, and that'll help cool him off. Uh, get your hands wet and his ears. His ears. And like Kate said, even if he doesn't drink, run cool water through his mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Splash it in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Offer him some ice cubes. <clears throat> Lots of dogs like to chew on ice cubes. Yep. And don't leave them in the car. Oh. I know you hear it a thousand times a year, but don't leave your dog in the car on a warm day. And warm day, definition of warm day. It's uncomfortable for me to sit there yes. for more than two seconds with the windows up. I'm not leaving my dog there. Right, nope. exactly. Nope. All right, another tip for keeping your dog safe, preparing for a disaster. We did a, a mm. podcast on emergency preparedness a couple months ago. You might want to go back and check that out. It's still timely. We were talking about it in the wake of uh, the wildfires here in Southern California which with this hot weather are happening again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But check that out. The information we gave about wildfires really applies to any disaster. doesn't matter if it's a tornado or a hurricane or a flood. You've still got to get someplace. Mm -hmm. And have a first aid kit ready. Have um, photos of your pets. I think that was probably the biggest thing is how do you identify your dog. And the latest thing these days is having a picture of you and your dog together. Yes. So you can prove that he's my dog. See, me, Yes. And actually that happened a lot with horses because the horses were being evacuated and the owner wasn't always going with them. Right. A lot of horses went to the Del Mar Fairgrounds or to the Del Mar Horse Show Grounds. Spread around wherever there's room. And there's a zillion and one chestnut horses. Yeah. And 102 black horses. (laughs) So how can you prove that this horse is yours? Well, one, horses can be microchipped too. Yeah. And uh, another thing that can be done is if you have a halter on your horse when he's taken out, have a dog tag with your name and mm-hmm. cell phone number and clip it to his halter. And you can embroider halters like you oh, do collars sure. as well. Sure. Get the flat plates with your name and uh-huh. yeah. on them. Yep. Yep. And have a photo of you and your horse, or a photo of you and your goat, or a photo of you and your lamb. <laughs> yeah. You and your chickens. <laughs> you <laughs> your Whatever. Place, chickens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Hamsters. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and reptiles. And so, so Patreon, I'll be over uh, this weekend with a digital camera. <laughs> but, but that's very important to help prove that this pet, who's a member of your family, is yours. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, I'd be devastated if I couldn't find my horse. Oh, yeah. Oh, gone. Yeah. No way. Yep. And yep. then enough supplies for your critter, whatever it yeah. is. <clears throat> and the ASPCA, the last time I checked, recommended that you have food and supplies for your pet for two to three days to perhaps a week. I suggest minimum a week. A week. Oh, yeah. Very uh, safe. I'm sorry. Have too uh, much and not enough. How long did uh, Mary and Maggie and their animals stay with you? They're there for a week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if, you're, if your pets are on a special diet or uh, if it might be difficult to find that food mm-hmm. or if they uh, easily have gastrointestinal upset, mm-hmm. like German, German shepherds, shepherds. <laughs> <laughs> then make sure you take their food and their supplements and their medications. Yep. 
And then also have a, a, a plan of war. You're going to go as the best you possibly can. I mean, you know, when wildfires happened this past, was it October? Mm-hmm. Things were catching fire left and right quickly. But And people got evacuated to multiple places. Right. But if you can, at least arrange it where you know we can take your animals someplace safe. Have an emergency contact someone else who may know where you're going or, or, or you know. Definitely. Something. My family chose one of our cousins who actually is back in Arizona as a point of contact that not that we would all go there, but we would all phone him. Mm-hmm. And so if we were all displaced and perhaps couldn't catch either other on the cell phone, because during the wildfires here, the cell phone line, they were overloaded. Yeah. And they're saying to stay off them. Yeah. <clears throat> we would all contact this cousin. He would keep track of where everyone is. And so that's a possibility. You might not necessarily want someone here, but... Probably not, because they're probably going to be evacuated. Evacuated, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We've yeah. heard those stories. Everyone, in fact, somebody I knew all got together and went to the, the in-laws. The in-laws and then were evacuated and went to the other than the parents. I mean, before they knew sure. it was four different homes before they finally found someplace safe. Sure. So, have a plan. I think that's the most important yeah. thing. Have a plan. Something that a lot of people don't like to talk about, but that's make a will. Make a will. And again, plan. It's like I've already told my mom that when she dies, her dogs are going to the shelter. Sure. You haven't hung around her dogs. (laughs) What do you call it when you agree to take someone's pet in case of their death? Or their their child? Crazy. Oh, guardian, guardianship. Guardianship. Okay, so I'm I'm actually on a couple of people's papers that way to take their oh their dog. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I know Petra is for uh, some bigger critters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's important in this day and age to make plans. We never know when we're going to be in a automobile accident. You don't know if you're going to get sick. I mean, none of us like to think about our mortality. But nobody cares about our pets as much as we do. And along with the designation, try, if you can, if you're able, make some financial arrangements for that designation. Well, that could be a little harder. But But if it's possible, at least... uh... Okay, Kate, when I leave you Bashir, I'll I'll leave you the royalties for a couple books. There we go. There we go. go. But you don't want your pet, if something does happen, to be an additional burden, if on, possible. On a friend, right, if yeah. If possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Some other things you might want to think about for keeping your pet safe. What do you do if you have to go out of town? I can't believe how many people call us and, oh, I've got to leave town right away, but I don't know, I, I don't know a pet sitter. I don't know where to take the dog. Have a pet sitter or a boarding kennel already checked out and... Maybe you're not going to use them immediately, but know where you can take your pet and know what vaccinations are required or know what the fees are going to be. Or if you have friends. Oh, yeah. Any of us can call each other. Sure. We have at least a group, support group. Yeah. Something happens. (laughs) Which is always wonderful. Then the pet can stay at home and feel more comfortable generally. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of boarding kennels also have doggy daycare, which is a good way to get your dog used to the facility. You can always drop him off every once in a while there. All right. Well, those are some tips that at least can give you some food for thought. 
ask some questions. We're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we'll talk about some questions and tips that we're often asked about keeping your pet healthy. So hold on, listen to our sponsors for a minute, and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Ready to take a walk? Not just you, but your whole family. It's the 2008 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 8th from 9 to 4 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet-related. Whisker Walk 2008, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. If you've got a passion for pet fashion and a flair for animal wear, this is the ultimate place to take a peek at what's chic in the world of designer pet fashion and cool new pet products. On the Pet Set with our fashion diva, Queen Dog Lady. The Pet Set, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz, and with me today are Petra and Kate. Hello. Howdy. <laughs> That's my new signature line. <laughs> uh, let's see. What was that? Hee-haw. <laughs> Howdy. The first half of the show, we talked about some things that can help you keep your pet safe, both in the heat and in an emergency and just going for a ride in the car. Uh, let's talk about some questions that we've been asked as far as keeping your pet healthy. I think the first thing is you've got to have a veterinarian you can trust. Right. And I think any of us who get a new pet, first thing we go is to the vet just to have a basic checkup. Sure. You know, you want, you want like, a starting point. 
you know, a beginning. Okay, mm-hmm. my dog's healthy. There's no issues. And if something develops over time. You can notice the vet, the vet can mm-hmm. compare the change. Exactly. Find a vet that you can work with, that you enjoy talking with or understand, and ask your friends, ask your neighbors, ask your postal person. I think referrals, people by people, is probably the best. Oh, yeah. Clients to client. Because, Definitely. Yeah, then you know your vet's bedside manners, how's the staff. All that's important. What are his charges like? Yeah. I mean, we're all willing to pay for good care, but but is it exorbitant? Right. Just before we did this podcast, I was talking to a friend of ours who has a chocolate lab, and he apparently got bit by a spider this weekend. And they took him into the veterinarian, and the vet's exam missed the spider bite. Oh, no. Was treating him for the swelling in his leg, but totally missed the bite. Oh, no. And then they got home, and she was looking at her dog and said, no, how can he How can he just be treating the swelling? There's more here. And she took the dog back to the vet, two trips in one day, and pointed out the wound, and the veterinarian said, oh, it's a spider bite. Now, her faith in her veterinarian is totally gone. Oh, yeah. So she was asking me for a second opinion for her dog and potentially a new veterinarian. You've got to be able to work with your vet. You've got to be able to trust your vet. And they all have good and bad days. We have off days. Mm -hmm. But still, you've got to be able to trust him. And make sure you know your veterinarian's emergency procedures. What happens if there's an emergency? Will he take a credit card that you have? Is he available after hours? Or she. Or she. Yeah, or she. Definitely. Or she. And if he or she is not available, who do they refer you to? Is there a local emergency clinic? And do you know where that is? And we ran into that with Keely. Oh, definitely. When she got attacked by Africanized bees. Yeah. So thank goodness. And almost died. Yeah. (laughs) And our vet was more than willing. I mean, if he was closer to the office, he would have met me there in a heartbeat. Yes. He was at a distance. So he said, no, you take him to the local emergency shelter or get get him there quickly. Yep. Yep. We did. Yep. All right. Another one. My pet peeve. (laughs) Feed a good food. And you might want to check out my newest book, (laughs) The Ultimate Pet Food Guide, published by DeCapo Publishing. It's out. It's up on Amazon. That's a pet peeve of mine because our dogs totally rely on us for their nutrition. We don't want them out there hunting rats and gophers to try to supplement their diet. And there's so many aspects of their life that's affected by food. Be an educated consumer. Know as much as you can about dog food. Read the labels. Do your own research. And feed the best food that you can. In the long run, you have a healthy pet. Nice coat. Bright eyes. I mean, it makes a world of difference from nose to tail. Yep. Yep. And it's not... The 100% answer with a lot of training, but we've seen a lot of puppy dogs that can't sit still, can't even concentrate to learn, change to a better diet, and the owners are like, oh, I can talk to my dog, I can listen. Yes. All right, next on the list, and we see this with a lot of behavior problems. And Kate's favorite saying. (laughs) A tired dog is a well-behaved dog. (laughs) Exercise, exercise, exercise. And the mind as well as the body. Yes. Got to tire out both sides. Yes. And I think everyone just keeps thinking physical. 
Yes. Physical. Let's just yeah. make him run, chase a ball, play frisbee, well, and then well, he should be happy for us tonight. One of my favorites here in Southern California, because we're out in the country, is, well, he's got six acres to run in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't. Make him. How many of us, when we have plenty of opportunities, do as much aerobic exercise as we should? Yeah. We're not always self-motivating, and neither are our dogs. Our dogs can motivate us. We can motivate our dogs. I think at times when they say, you know, I've got, we'll hear that, yeah, like me, I've got a couple acres and my dog should be ready. Yeah, no. They stay near the house. <laughs> if I chase a ball, if I have a frisbee, they'll go out and run. But just because it's there doesn't mean they use it. Mm-hmm. Kind of way, like if it's there, I should be using it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why aren't I running the two acres? <laughs> it's like the exercise bicycle in the bedroom that becomes the coat yeah. hanger. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, let's see, the treadmill in the garage that has stuff piled on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm much more apt to walk my dogs than I am to walk the treadmill. So, so we can motivate each other. A big yard doesn't necessarily mean the dog's getting enough exercise. Sometimes apartment dwellers do more because they're out. They're conscious of it. Sure. Right. Get yeah. dogs out moving. Yep. Next thing we get asked a lot about is vaccinations. And I will never contradict a veterinarian, but things are changing in vaccinations today. Booster vaccines used to be given yearly, but I think many people, dog owners, researchers, scientists, drug companies even, and veterinarians are realizing that that may not be the best schedule for most dogs. A lot of owners are having their dog's blood titer checked to see if the dogs still have the antibodies to certain vaccines. Titers is basically the antibody, simply is the antibody count in the blood. So if the dog has enough antibodies so that the the booster shot is not needed, then the the dog can pass on that booster shot. Over-vaccination has been shown to cause a great deal of health problems with dogs. Some dogs are having immune, autoimmune issues. Um, We're certainly questioning uh, the cancer rates that dogs are coming down with. The fact that dogs simply, as a general rule, are not living as long today as they were 30 years ago, which is pretty sad. We would think that with all the health care we have, dogs should be living longer, and often they're not. And that's cats too, by the way. So definitely talk to your veterinarian about his vaccination schedules. And again, just like food, do some research, be an educated consumer, and certainly ask questions. There isn't a veterinarian in the world who should be offended by questions because after all, you're ultimately responsible for your pet. Mm -hmm. So talk to your veterinarian about it. And I think, um, like you say, keep your dog vaccinated, check with the, their immune system or the antibodies with titers and so on will help prevent the diseases in the long run. It's um, a balancing act. I mean, if you don't get vaccinations at all, then they're susceptible to yeah. distemper and all of that, that that we're preventing against. But you don't want to go too far. Uh, yeah. And you certainly yeah. don't want to isolate your dog either. I ran into that this week. I took oh. two of my dogs down to the Oceanside Harbor to go for a walk. Favorite place of mine to walk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny I just just finished the walk, had come back to my van, was in the process of putting the dogs in the van. And this elderly gentleman came walking towards us down the sidewalk with a heavy set cocker spaniel who was pulling on her leash. And I noticed she had a buckle collar on. And as she was pulling, she was coughing. <laughs> well, being a dog trainer <laughs> and hating to see dogs pull, I said, 
in a kind of nice for me way. <laughs> hey, sweetie, don't pull so hard. You're choking yourself. As a hint to the owner. And he said, oh, no, no, no. She has kennel cough. <laughs> and that's why I've taken her out in public. So she can cough on every dog that she we meets. We spread it. I'll tell you what. I want to share. My 45-pound puppy and 55-pound adult Aussie were tossed into the van so quickly. <laughs> I swear, I had a hand under the belly of each, and whoosh, they were in the van, and the door was closed. And I said, why is she out in public? Kennel cough is contagious. Oh, well, the vet put her on medication yesterday. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus. So I got in the van and I drove off. You didn't ask him if his dog was named Typhoid Mary? (laughs) No, I just got, I didn't want to hang around that long. Uh, I I did not want to call this elderly gentleman stupid. uh So anyway, protect your dog. If you see a dog that is coughing, sneezing, Runny eyes, runny nose, has diarrhea, obviously looks sick. Or ask your vet, is he contagious? Should I keep him in the house or what? Ask. Like kids. Definitely. I mean, when I take my daughter in, you know, is she in the contagious still? Should I keep her home? Ask your vet the same thing about your pets. But if you see one out in public that obviously looks sick, avoid him. Yeah. Keep your pet as healthy as possible. Throw him in your car and shut the doors real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and drive away really, really fast. <laughs> Whoa, other oh, parasites, fleas and ticks. Gosh, back when I was a vet tech, I used to have a prepared speech on fleas and ticks. I could go on. For as short as a few minutes. Treat your dog, treat Treat your your house, treat treat your car, treat your yard. You have to treat all of them or it's not effective. Luckily, it's much easier today. Oh, it's wonderful today. Much, much easier. Again, talk to your veterinarian. There's a number of products that are available that can control heartworm, intestinal parasites, other internal parasites, as well as fleas and ticks. And many of these products are very, very safe. Many were used in Europe for many years before they were adopted here and approved here. So uh, fleas and ticks are still dangerous. They still carry disease, but it's much easier to control them nowadays. And mosquitoes, heartworms. Oh, mosquitoes, yes. Heartworms and uh, Lyme disease. Yep. yep. Some of the topicals will also deal with heartworms. And yes. It's as simple as a pill once a month. Right. Also, know your dog's patterns. Be familiar with how much he eats, how much water he drinks, his stools. And I do it not for just my dogs. I'll do it for even the horses, the goats, the chickens, you know, whatever and the daughter. And the daughter. <laughs> I do it for the spouse, you know, the significant other. <laughs> that's the first thing. If there's if somebody's not feeling right, in fact, my daughter's lamb that she's doing for FFA. The next day we went there, we knew something was wrong because his stools were different. He didn't eat right away. He's like, okay, this is a problem. There's a problem going on here, and immediately we started checking over the lamb and everything. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you know, he's still young. He hurt his leg, and he probably was a little sensitive to that, but bounced back fine. You know, and he was sure. okay. But that was the first signal. Yep. Sure. The feed, and it was the stools. First thing I recognized. Well, that's how we uh, found out about Riker's hip dysplasia. He's a very stoic boy, (laughs) and I thought perhaps he'd hurt a knee. But there was a change in his activity and a change in his behavior, and I took him into the vet, and x-rays showed us he had hip dysplasia. 
Yeah. And knowing what's normal for your dog, whether bouncing off the walls is normal or hanging around uh, being a couch potato is normal, look for the changes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're you get you're the one who's going to go to the vet and help him be a good detective to figure out what's wrong. So the more information you can give him or her, um, the better they will be able to diagnose. You know, the feeding and the drinking, I mean, if you, you change their water constantly so it's fresh water and schedule feed them, don't leave, don't free feed, yeah. right? You know right away how much your dog is eating or not eating. If you, know. you have normal walks and play sessions, you'll be able to tell when the dog's dragging on the way mm-hmm. back from the walk. Mm-hmm. Or if you normally play and all of a sudden he just crashes in the shade and, you know, the weather's still nice, it's not overly hot, and there's just a definite change. If you can catch it yep. right away and bring yep. it to the vet, and give wait till it gets something. Gets and out give of control. your veterinarian as many clues as possible. Mm-hmm. They will appreciate it because your dog can't tell him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> clues are best. Something else, a lot of people ask what kind of chew toys to give the dog. Much of that is dependent on the individual dog. Now, with a puppy in the house right now, I have two toys all over the house. <laughs> Archer likes shoes. He hasn't chewed on Uh-oh. any. He hasn't chewed on any. But he will go find them and, and carry them out to me and go, look what I found, and plop them in my lap. I'm very happy he's not chewing on them. But we will teach my husband to close his closet door. <laughs> Before this puppy grows up. So in the meantime, I have lots of chewies. I use the white rawhides that are cured with bleach rather than formaldehyde. Usually those are the ones that are made either in the U.S. or in Brazil. Personally, I don't want to give my dogs rawhides that are cured with formaldehyde. That that just bothers me a little. (laughs) Yeah. And some dogs react to it. Oh, yeah, definitely. It It, it just doesn't seem to be right to me. And it may be... It may be safe. I haven't been convinced of it, but it may be safe. I think it bothers me because I get flashes back to high school biology class. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I uh, give my dogs is, uh, how to say it nicely, the bull pizzles. <laughs> Or bully sticks. Or bully sticks. sticks. There you go. Um, <clears throat> Riker is my power chewer. He's not got a huge set of jaws, but he's cracked two teeth chewing. And so he's definitely a power chewer. And the bull pizzles are excellent. They actually slow him down a little bit. But it's important to keep things for the dog to chew, whether it's to help keep his teeth clean, whether it's to keep him occupied so he's not chewing on other things, such as shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, or your uh, dining room table, your coffee oh, table. Right. Right, the sofa, the couch pillows, yeah. But keep good things in front of him to chew. Exactly. All right, something else? Bathing your dog, grooming. Grooming grooming. in general. Yeah, Yeah, between bathing, clipping their nails, cleaning their ears. If you have a German Shepherd, (laughs) pulling the foxtails out of his feet. Yeah, (laughs) really, foxtails out of his feet, cleaning his ears, it captures everything. And then (laughs) they stink in two weeks. Just pick up everything. (laughs) But I've been noticing lately with Walters, I may be overbathing him as a therapy dog. I've been wanting him clean for visits, so I've been bathing him once a week. But I think I'm, I think I'm overdoing it. So I'll just. uh, Maybe rinse him and condition him and brush him out. Well, they also have those um, 
wipes. Wipes, yeah. bathing wipes that yeah. you can, uh, and his, not like his coat's that long. Right. You can hit his face and his feet and his belly mm-hmm. and, and other spots that might need to be cleaned and then comb him out. He'd still be clean. Still be clean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to admit that's one reason why Bashir and I don't do therapy dog visits every week is because I simply can't bathe him every week. Yeah. There's just no way I can bathe and brush that coat. And and the therapy dogs, that's one of the rules, is they do have to be clean when they go. Yeah. And short so, nails. Uh, yeah. Oh, and short and nails. not short and sharp, but... Yeah. Fluffy. Short and smooth. Right. Yep. yep. Right. And brushing them right now is important because they're blowing their winter coats. <laughs> yeah. So you can pull chunks out of our dogs. So it's like... Oh, chunk. yeah. So yeah. I'm brushing them every night. Just and to that keep gives that you a coat good chance out. to get those foxtails and burrs and mm-hmm. corkscrew and all the other grass awnings that uh, get caught in there. Exactly. And I think we're we're beginning to run out of time. But one other thing that I think we need to talk about is your dog's needs are going to change as he grows up. And, and I'm watching that with my dogs the last few years. We just lost an old dog in January. Riker's was nine last week. Oh my gosh, already? Yes. <laughs> Makes Kona eight. He was wow. nine last week, and he has severe hip dysplasia, so his needs are going to be changing. Bashir just turned four, so he's in the prime of life, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. And we've got the puppy. So I have dogs at three different points, stages of their life. And uh, although that's very sad, it's, I was hugging Riker the other day, just snuggling with him, going, <laughs> can't believe you're nine you can't be nine just can't be nine but there needs to change now we keep Riker quite lean because of his hips and because it's healthier for him but um you know he's cracked a couple teeth chewing so he's had those pulled uh I have to watch his teeth to make sure they're clean uh Bashir is knock on wood as I said hail hardy and healthy and hopefully will stay that way and the puppy's needs are a little different, so you've got to be aware of that. Every now and then I do the same thing with Jean. I give her a hug and tell her how much I appreciate her and snuggle with her, knowing that uh, I'm not quite sure of her age, but yeah. knowing that she's got the spinal problems. Exactly. Uh, I probably won't have her for many, many, many years. No. I had Logan. And go, gosh, when is your day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's still young. <laughs> And that's your point. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, when we look at a dog with a severe health problem like Riker and, and Gina, the chances of them growing old are, are not as good. We modify for the, I've got a ramp so that she doesn't have to jump on my bed. Uh-huh. She can walk uh, up. Riker is still willing to jump and still jumps in the van, although I do see some days when he hesitates, so instead of having him jump in the back, I walk him around to the side and let him climb up the steps of the side door, which is lower. Uh, and I'm in tune to his body language. So when I see him start to hesitate, I go, wait a minute here. You can walk around because yeah. I don't want to force him to jump if he's sore right. exactly. or he hurts right. because he's willing to do it. But I don't want him to be any more uncomfortable than he needs to be. <laughs> So, the dogs know when our time's up. You heard that woof, woof, woof. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we don't want to end on a serious note, but the fact is that our dogs' needs do change. So, just be aware of that and pay attention to your dog. So, that's our podcast for this time. Hopefully, we've answered a few of your questions, maybe given you some food for thought. 
And we'll be back again next week. So that's it from us. Thanks for listening. See you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>